0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story this week, new 2020 vision update. 2020 vision is what SRG Universe calls essentially looking at competitors in hindsight and saying, well, since these have been released, we've decided that they don't work the way we want them to. The game balance is not there, and so we need to make adjustments to cards, whether those are competitor sets, finishes cards 1 through 30 we need to make adjustments to them to bring them more in line with what should be an appropriate power level for the game 19 competitors were changed in the 2023 update for 2020 vision all of these are competitor cards specifically gimmicks There were no cards 1 through 30. There were no finishes. These were all changes to competitors. 19 competitors were changed in total. And that's including one competitor, the mad one, being split into two competitors. So let's go ahead and start with the mad one. The original single competitor to the mad one was a flip competitor on the first side it read as follows during your turn if you roll all six skills for your turn rolls you may choose an opponent they randomly discard half their hand in parentheses rounded up parentheses closed then turn this card over the other side Said once it had been flipped, your opponent's maximum hand size is halved, rounded down. Meaning, if your opponent's maximum hand size was nine, it would go down to four. That's what they mean when they say rounded down. So, this competitor was split into a singles version and a tornado tag version. The singles version is no longer a flip competitor. The gimmick on the front is the only gimmick. The gimmick on the first side is the only gimmick for the Mad One. The new language is this. Once per match, during your turn, if you rolled all six skills for your turn roll, your opponent randomly discards half their hand, rounded up. If you weren't familiar with the Mad One's gimmick in the game, Each competitor card has six skills on it power, technique, agility, strike, submission, grapple. Over the course of the match, as you roll for turn rolls, you would record which skill you rolled when you're playing the Mad One. Once you have rolled all six, during your turn, and you as the Mad One choose when to activate this, you can say to your opponent, All right, you're going to randomly discard half the cards in your hand before you flipped it over afterwards now there's no flip once you have used that gimmick that gimmick is done for the remainder of the game singles wise i still think this is a good competitor first off the mad one always had great finish calls the strike finish gives you plus one to all of your skills and if you have rolled all six skills For your turn rolls, those are doubled. Now, you don't have to activate your gimmick. You just have to have met the same conditions you would need to meet to activate your gimmick for that to be live. That's still a great strike finish. The grapple finish blanks your opponent's gimmick and makes your opponent discard cards from their hand equal to the crowd meter plus one. That's good. And then the submission finish... Has a spotlight effect. When it's in the discard pile, you choose an opponent, they cannot move cards from their discard pile to their hand. So he has great finishes. His gimmick is not as good because it doesn't have that backside anymore, it doesn't have that other flip. But still being able to, when you think it's best for you, make your opponent discard half their hand, that's still pretty strong. So the Mad One, not as good as it was, but I still think it's a pretty good competitor. The other part of the Mad One is that the second half, the backside, the side that got flipped to, that became its own Tornado Tag Team card. The Mad One snapped. It doubled all the skill values. The gimmick is your opponent's maximum hand size is half rounded down meaning in a standard singles match the hand size is 10 you round that down to five if they were using the director of operations entrance cards they had plus two to their hand size so they had a 12 it gets rounded down to six that's how that gimmick works that's still a good gimmick too again the finishers i still think they're good again the bonuses are For singles, not for tag, but I still think we'll see Mad 1 play, you know, as often as we did before. I don't think this is going to take the Mad 1 out of circulation. He's not as good, but I still think he's a decent competitor. The other competitor that was made a tornado tag was Mila Mai. And we're talking about the original Mila Mai. Not the new version. This is the version that has the gimmick once during your turn. You may discard a lead you have in play and your next turn rolls plus one. If you lose the next roll, shuffle one card from your discard pile into your deck. So the change here is they've doubled the skill values. They kept the same gimmick language they did not do anything to the finishes, so it's the same finishes as the single. They have added the tag team text to the cards. You can run tag team cards like double axe handle, double body bender, things like that, double death drop. Those are now playable here. They did change the name here too. It's no longer just my. It's Milamai and the Queen of Cupcakes. So similar to what they did with D2, D2 became D2 and the ringleader. Sierra Nevada became Sierra Nevada and Sherpa. Aerial Lipstick became Aerial Lipstick and Scruffy. Milamai has become Milamai and the Queen of Cupcakes. There's going to be a Queen of Cupcakes competitor set coming out. I believe what Steve said when he announced this was, The idea here was to give the new competitor some help with finishes through the Queen of Cupcakes single competitor set. I didn't mention this before. The Mad One also received the tag team text. The Mad One snapped. Did receive the black tag team language on the new competitor. Those were the two that were made tornado tags. And, of course, I already talked about the one single, the Mad One. The remaining competitors pretty much all kept the same gimmicks. There was just an errata to change them slightly. So let's go through these. The first group pretty much had the same change made to all of their gimmicks. This is the group of the Gold Standard, Sage the Wicked Witch, the Ikuzo version, the new Alien Invader, X-Royce. Scarlet Graves, The Devil's Advocate Dan Williams, Danny Limelight, Smiley, and For Lee Flynn. And this change was to limit their gimmicks to only being able to be used three times per match. So for the gold standard, who'd already been hit once by 2020 Vision, he already lost part of his original singles gimmick, the new singles competitor after the 2020 vision update has had another limit placed on his gimmick before when he rolled technique he could add a card from his discard pile to his hand for turn rolls roll technique for turn rolls now he can only do that 3 times per match he can do it at will he can do it when he chooses to but he can only make that choice 3 times same thing with sage the wicked witch when she rolled power She could put a card from her discard pile on top of her deck. Now she can only do that three times per match. Alien Invader, when he rolled agility, he could put a card from his discard pile on top of his deck. Now he can only do that three times per match instead of whenever he wanted to. X-Royce. I talked about X-Royce's gimmick before. When he loses the turn roll by three or more, so his opponent rolls a ten. He rolls a six. That's a difference of three or more. Before X Royce could look at the top three cards of his deck, add one to hand, bury one, flip the other, he could do that whenever that happened. Now he can only do it three times per match, when he chooses to. Scarlet Graves, when she rolled power, she could shuffle two cards from her discard pile into her deck. And draw one. Now that can only be done three times per match. The Devil's Advocate, Dan Williams. When he and his opponent would bump, the opponent draws a card. And the Devil's Advocate gets plus one to his turn roll. Meaning he would win instead of bumping. Before he could do that every time. Now he can only do it three times per match. He gets to choose when. But he can only make that choice three times per match. Danny Limelight. When he rolled agility for his turn roll, he could bury a card in the discard pile, shuffle his hand into his deck, and then draw six cards. Before he could do that whenever he wanted to, when he rolled that agility now, he only gets to make that choice three times per match. Smiley. There are two versions of Smiley: a flip version and a non-flip version. The non-flip version has the same gimmick that the flip version has once it's flipped. So we're talking about the gimmick on the flipped side of the flip version and the gimmick on the non flip version. The gimmick was when you rolled agility for your turn roll, you could search your deck or discard pile for a card with flying or top rope in the name and then put that card on top of your deck now you can only do that three times a match again your choice when you want to do it but you can only do it three times per match the last one with this three time limit is a partial limit so four leaf flynn before when four leaf flynn rolled agility for his turn roll he could flip two cards or add a card from his discard pile to his hand. now when he rolls agility for his turn roll, and his agility is his printed five, he can flip two cards without limit. There's no limit on how many times he can choose to flip two cards. But there is a limit on how many times he can add a card from his discard pile to his hand. He can only add that three times per match. That's actually an interesting change because... It forces the four-leaf Flynn player to, if he does not want to use one of his three at the moment, he must flip. He's required to essentially flip whenever he rolls agility, or he can use one of his three. That actually could be quite a detriment. If you're at the end of the game, you're at the pass berry phase, you've already used up your three, you pass your finish, you roll your agility. You have to flip it. You can't opt to pick something else up, so you have to lose what you flipped. I had not considered that, but that is actually something that could be a concern with four-leaf flip. So it's only a partial limit there, which I'm assuming means that whenever you're not going to use the three, you have to elect to flip. Nine of the competitors that were changed were changed in this way, to go from unlimited to only three times a match. That's the biggest group. I've already talked about the two competitors that we made tornadoes and the one that was split from a single to a single-end tornado. This brings us to the last seven competitors affected by the 2020 vision changes. The first three are three that have similar gimmicks. The Mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Super Show, Theo the Greek Neo, and Gideon Guts. Each of these had a gimmick that said, once during your turn, when you hit a card with a particular keyword in the name, you may play an additional card this turn, or draw two cards. For the Mayor of Slamtown, the keyword was slam. For Theo the Greek Neo, it was lock. For Gideon Guts, it was punch. The change that's been made here is to the drawing portion only. Instead of choosing to draw two cards, you can now only choose to draw one. So you hit a card with Slam in the name for the Mayor of Slamtown. You can play an additional card or you can draw a card. That's only, again, during your turn, so it does not work on stops. You couldn't stop a card with, say, Follow Away Slam for Johnny Super Show and then draw a card off of it or play an additional card. Only cards played during your turn work for the gimmick i don't think this is a big change i don't think this is going to really reduce the power i still think these gimmicks are very good i still think theo the greek neo is the best of them just because he has more cards with lock in the name in the game than slam and then punch but i don't think this is going to affect these three competitors too much The next change was to another set of three competitors that had similar gimmicks. John Press 1P, Johnny Gargano, and Ember Wolf. I'll use John Press 1P's gimmick. His gimmick was your strike cards have the added text. Flip two cards, add one grapple from your discard pile to your hand. Your schoolboy and backslide have blank text. This was changed to during your turn. You can't use this on stops anymore. Before, if you played drop kick to stop a finished grapple, you would then flip two cards and add a grapple from your discard pile to your hand. Now it only works on cards that you play during your turn. Since there's usually five stop cards you would run for the strikes, there's only ten strikes in a deck, This means your gimmick will go effectively from working on all ten of your strike cards to only about five, maybe six. Still good, just not as good as it was before. For Johnny Gargano, his was when you hit a grapple. His was grapple cards have the added text. You flip and then add a submission. And there was no other text about schoolboy or backslide. That was exclusive to John Press 1P. His has been changed to during your turn. Ember Wolf had the same gimmick, but it was the submissions had the added text flip two cards, then add one strike from discard. That has been changed to during your turn. So they've all had that same change, just they're not as strong as they used to be. You just don't get that bonus on stop cards that you're playing defensively. The final change was to fun time bob fun time bob's old gimmick was when you roll your technique or grapple your next turn roll is plus one now it is when you roll your technique or grapple for your turn roll your next turn roll is plus one so you do not get your gimmick on your finish roll you do not get your gimmick on your breakout rolls only turn rolls i don't think this is a big change It is a change, but I don't think this will affect the strength of Funtime Bob too much. His gimmick's still good. His finishes are still good. I don't think we'll see Funtime Bob drop off a bunch because of this change. That is where we are with the 2020 vision for 2023. I am working on trying to get Steve Resk. And he's open to it. He mentioned this on Talking Universe To come on and do a more in-depth dive as to why they made these changes this year to these competitors. So look for that to happen. We're still working out the details. Look for that to happen at some point. I'll announce it when it happens. Steve also made a statement which I thought was interesting. He said that for him, anytime you want to run a singles competitor in Tornado Tag, and I'm assuming Trio as well, I don't think he said Trio. He definitely said Tornado Tag. He is fine with doubling the skills on the competitor card and running that. So if you wanted to run, say, Snake Pit, you could run Snake Pit as a Tornado itself. You just double the skills. The gimmick values do not change. The values on the finish cards do not change. Only the skills double. So I think that's very interesting that he would allow that. I don't know if that's going to be just in events he runs, convention events. Again, people running their own private events. They are free to choose to run things however they want. But Steve said that about those. He also said that because for right now, and we don't know when new competitor cards will be made, For these 2023 2020 vision changes, you are welcome to play the competitor cards as they are with the errata. So, if I wanted to play Fun Time Bob, I can play him in events, but that's with the understanding that I'm playing him with the new gimmick, even though the version I would have only has the old gimmick printed on it because. No new version has come out yet. For some competitors, like Johnny Gargano, there are no plans to reparent him at all because of the contract he's currently under with WWE. He can't be made in Super Show The Game. Will that change someday? Possibly. But for right now, with no new competitors, replacement competitors, coming out anytime soon, If you want to play one of these competitors, you play what you have and then you play with the understanding that you won't use the gimmick as printed, you'll use the errata that was put out. And those changes are live as of right now. The only exception is if you drafted one of these competitors in Faction Wars and you're using them in Faction Wars, for the duration of Faction Wars, you will play them using the old gimmick and then presumably when faction wars 5 happens we'll be using the current versions of the gimmicks. One question that did come up with basically any competitor that's been errated and I don't know the answer to this. I may pose this to Steve when I have the show with him. Can you use a competitor that's been errated if a new version that's been printed has come out? So for example, if I wanted to use Aerial lipstick. I have the original Aerial Lipstick or I have the Aerial Lipstick from the SRG Universe faction pack. It has the old Aerial Lipstick gimmick on it. Can I play that and just say, hey, okay, I'm using the errated gimmick, the previous 2020 version gimmick instead? I don't know. We'll have to see. I would say yes, if I was running an event, but I don't have clarification on that. Because they did eventually reproduce Aerial Lipstick Competitor with the updated gimmick. And eventually, for most of these, they'll do that as well. The question will be, once the printed versions come out, can you no longer use the old versions? With the understanding there's an errata, or can you? We'll find out. That is the news on 2020 Vision. Next big story. The competitors in the 2023 Create a Competitor Competition have been announced. There are 18 total. Let me go through who all of the competitors are. If you want to check these competitors out yourself, there's a pinned post on the SRG Super Show Discussion Group on Facebook with all 18 sketches of these competitors. So the sketches have come out. They are partially finished. Per the post, there's going to be some inking done. But we have the sketches, the rough sketches, for all 18 competitors. Here are the competitors in the contest. The Tartan Terror. J.A.C. Matty Barr. The Trickster. The Survivalist. Evil Dr. Carafa. Rocky Romano. Private Cuddles, Dark Prince, Captain Kiddo, Horhito International Cool, The Foreman, Rowdy Ron, New York Phenom, Hines Duncan, The Phil Birch, Lycan, and Math Guy looking at this field there are definitely some people in this contest that have been in in past years heinz duncan or international cool jac private cuddles there are two competitors of note i want to point out because they're kind of interesting the first has been discussed quite a bit lycan is one of the competitors in the ccc for those of you who may be familiar with lycan Lycan is a competitor that is part of the Halloween. It was the Halloween at Christmas. It's now going to be the Halloween at like Martin Luther King Day. Deck slash promo pack. That pack scheduled to come out January twentieth. That is, I believe, a Friday. So watch for that because those will go on sale. And there's always a limited number of everything. So if you want to get that, make sure January twentieth Halloween deck slash promo pack going on sale but lycan is coming out in that pack which those cards would have been commissioned before lycan would have entered the ccc so very interesting to see somebody who's coming out as a competitor also in the ccc before the ccc even launches that is a first we'll see if that affects Lycan's ability to go far in the contest but that's going on in the ccc also the other thing is this one of the competitors in the ccc is rowdy ron rowdy ron recently announced his retirement from the game from my understanding he will still continue to fulfill his obligations in faction wars but once those obligations have been met he is done now that could change Everything's always subject to change in this game. But for right now, one of the 18 competitors in the 2023 CCC is retired. So will he even compete in the CCC? Will he drop? Will people still vote for him? And will he maybe go on into multiple rounds even though he's retired from the game? We'll have to see. But those are two things of note from the CCC. As of right now, We don't know when the CCC is going to launch. There's been no date for when the first match will happen. We don't know the format for the first match or the first round. My suspicion, and I could be wrong, triple threats to go to a top six, and then two wild cards to make it a topic. Again, could be wrong. I could see that happening. Again, total speculation on my part. No evidence to back that up. As always, I am the steward for JAC in this contest. I got to the finals last year as the steward. I'm hoping to get there again. I'll ask you to vote for JAC, the alternate universe hip-hop version of the general manager, John Klitz. That's all I have for you about the 2023 Creative a competitor competition. Since I mentioned Faction Wars 4, brief news on that. Phase 1 currently ongoing, about a week left in Phase 1. I will report on results on Phase 1 when I have them. I don't expect Phase 1 results to be out for about two weeks. Let me rephrase that slightly. I don't think I'll have them in time for next week's show, so it'll be two weeks from this show when I expect to be able to report on Faction Wars 4 Phase 1. Rising Stars Tournament. The deck lists for that tournament, from what I understand, are due January 19th and then January 20th, the first matchups will be announced and play will begin. I have no details beyond that. Speaking of Rising Stars, last I checked, the Rising Stars coupon code on supershowthegame.com is still active if you're going to make a purchase on the website. Use Rising Stars for ten percent off. Every time you do that, they will add cards to the prize pool in the Rising Stars tournament. Captain Con news: It has been confirmed that Captain Connie, that competitor set, and the Scally Wager—I believe it's a Scally Wager entrance card—are going to be con exclusive. They will not be on the website. If you want to get one. You will either have to go to Captain Con or get someone at Captain Con to buy one for you. They are not available on the website. You might be able to get one in a payoff pack or mystery box. But the best way to get one, buy it, get someone there to buy it for you. I do not like these. I don't understand why as a company you would not want to sell cards to your customer base. I always think it's a mistake in this game to have cards that are extremely limited print run, especially competitors and competitor sets, because one of the great things about this game is that there is not a pay-to-win perception. You can win with anything. If extremely rare competitor sets start winning, so. If you want to get one of the good competitors, you're going to have to pay a high price because they were extremely limited release. That can transform the perception of this from an anything-to-win to to a pay-to-win game. I think that's bad. That's why I don't like the extreme exclusivity of competitors and cards. I don't think you want this game to be perceived as You have to buy the really expensive stuff to have a chance to compete. Captain Connie looks like she's going to be a good competitor. Would she be good enough to where she just starts winning everything? Don't know. I wouldn't even want to risk it. Now, I understand Super Show has come out and said, SRG Universe has come out and said, we're doing this because we're having the award show at Captain Con. It's what we had to do. Get the space. My counter argument to that would be this Captain Khan is six weeks before Grand Gathering, which is an event you would rather have your player base go to. If your player base could only go to either Captain Khan or the Grand Gathering, you want them at the Grand Gathering. So, A, making them choose Captain Khan is not what you want. But B, if you're going to have the award show, wait six weeks, have it at the Grand Gathering, where you're going to have a bigger audience. Where more players are going to be there. Part of an award show is that the winners get to come up when they win and make speeches. Where are you going to be more likely to have winners? Captain Con? or the Grand Gathering. The Grand Gathering just makes much more sense to be the host of the award show. I know you've done it in the past at Captain Con, but I think you've also done it in the past at another location. I want to say you did it in the past one year at PAX Unplugged. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But the Grand Gathering makes much more sense as the location of the SRG Awards. And because they are so close, I don't know why you would do it at Captain Con rather than the Grand Game. Those are my thoughts on the whole Captain Con, SRG Awards, Captain Connie, Con exclusive things. I don't like it. If you want to get your hands on Captain Connie and you're not able to go, I would encourage you to try to find someone who is going to go and see if they can pick up a competitor set and an entrance card for you. I also hope they don't do what they did at Pax Unplugged and stealth release the Michael Mosley sets. They made the originals available online. They did not make the next wave. I don't know if they're going to make the third wave available online. But I hope they don't sneak that in at Captain Con 2 that nobody knows about. Because I know people who are collecting them that missed that second wave because they didn't even know they were coming out of PAX Unplugged. Let's talk about featured matches from this past week. Again, little peek behind the curtain, I'm recording this portion before Sunday Night Fights. I will tack the Sunday Night Fights results on to the end of this program. Two featured championship matches this week, both Wednesday night after Talk of the Universe, the first, the Deep Six championship on the line, Zach actually playing as Haltane the Paladin takes on Yasmin playing as Amazing Red. This was a main event match that went all the way to Crowdmeter 5. At one point at Crowdmeter 3, it looked like Yasmin was going to take it over Zach actually, but Zach was able to use Haltane's gimmick to break out of the finish, and so it continues going. And At Crowdmeter 5, the winner Still champion Yasmin. Congratulations to Yasmin for retaining the Deep Six championship. This was quite a long match. The next match, the final match Wednesday night, the Tornado Tag Team Championship on the line. The challenger John McSchner playing as the Masters of Mystery, taking on champion Alec Ventresca playing as L Supersons. This match. Doesn't go nearly as long, only to crowd meter zero. The winner, still champion, Alec Ventresca. So both champions retain Wednesday night. Congratulations to Alec Ventresca. Congratulations to Yasmin for your victories. Online tournaments from this past week, there were three. We will start Monday night. Monday night, we have Monday night consigliere fights hosted by Brian Waitford Schmidt. This night it was a tornado tag team event. There were 15 players, 3 groups, 5 players per group. Each player played the other 4 in their group. Top 2 per group advance into the top cut. So we cut to a top 6. The top 4 in this event end up being in 4th place playing as Kittycorn prince butters in third place playing as the duo decimal system ken fouché the finalists were everett stevens as the good night express and practicite as two dudes with Batitude, with the winner being practicite as two dudes with Batitude. congratulations to practicite for winning monday night thursday night Chibi is still off. Chibi has had a new addition to the family of Chibis, so he will be currently off for a while. Congratulations to him on that. In the meantime, the consigliary to the SRG boss, Brian Waitefort Schmidt, is hosting Thursday night. This week he had 28 players, seven groups, four per group, each play the other three in the group. Top two. From each group advance into the top cut. There are four rounds in the top cut. In the opening round, all the matches are Psycho Circus matches. In the quarterfinal round, all the matches are Ring of Fire. In the semifinal round, all the matches are Tables matches. And the finals match and third place match are Lumberjack matches. Your top four are in fourth place... Playing as Danhausen, the player of the era, John Polverino. In third place, playing as Najamai, Craig Brett. The finalists are Drew Madsen as Titan of the Northeast and the grump Danny Thunder, aka Chili Willie, aka Etc., etc., playing as J Train. The winner of the Thursday night event, Danny Thunder. As J Train. Congratulations to Danny Thunder for winning the Thursday night event. Friday, the Italian Bombata, who is currently the general manager of the Trios division, hosts a trios event. There are 30 players in the event, six groups, five players per group. Each player plays the other four in the group. Top two per group advance into the top cut. From what I'm seeing here. There were four rounds in the top cut. I could be wrong there. No stipulations. The top four in this event end up being. In the third place match we have Chris Pate as the new wool order. Versus Zach Ashley as proving ground. With the winner taking third place, Zach Ashley. The finalists were Lucky Cat Nico as Newman's henchman versus Chugonomics as the Warlords of the Sea, with the winner, Chuganomics, playing as his own competitor, Warlords of the Sea featuring him, the Dread Pirate tech support, and a Lone Bear from Lone Bear and Cup. As a result of winning this trio shindig put on by the Italian Bombada, it has been announced that Chugonomics will compete for the LFF Trios Championship at the Grand Gathering. The current Trios Champion is Bobby Ohio. I don't know at this time if Bobby Ohio will have a defense between now and then. If he does, it's possible Chugonomics will face somebody else. If not, Chugonomics will be challenging Bobby Ohio for the Trios Championship. At the Grand Gathering. I think that might be the first. Announced championship. Match. Contender at least. But that's the first championship match. Announced for the Grand Gathering. Now there will be a trios championship. Defense and the challenger will be. Chugonomics playing as Warlords of the Sea. This. Will bring us to Sunday night fights. There were three matches. On this week's episode of Sunday Night Fights. The first match was a defense of the LFF Underworld Championship. The champion coming in tonight, representing the crime wave, was the goat, Brock Smith. The challenger, representing the higher class, Mysterious. No stipulation here, standard singles match. Brock Smith, the champion with the original El Super Hombre. Mysterious, the challenger with Mastermind. About a 10 to 15 minute match. It goes up to crowd meter 1. The winner, new champion, Mysterious. This means that the higher class holds the top two singles belts in the game. Big match Pete as the LFF World Heavyweight Champion. And Mysterious as the LFF Underworld Champion. Again, congratulations to her. The next match of the night is a triad match using the sketchy backyard ring stipulation. This stipulation is so complicated, I could not begin to explain it to you. The big thing though is if the crowd meter reaches seven, All participants lose. The ring collapses. Big back and forth match. A lot of twists, a lot of turns. It's the foreman playing a shaggy shark versus the dark prince playing as Nightmare King to split, playing as split. And the match does go the distance. It goes to crowd meter seven. So the ring collapses and everyone loses. Willing long match to go all the way to Crowd Meter 7. The crowd all night long wanted to see the ring collapse and they got their wish. The ring collapsed. That brings us to the final match of the night. A membership ring challenge. Zach Ashley playing as the Phoenix EV Fresh takes on the SRG BO in a ladder match. Zach actually playing as the Phoenix EV Fresh. Steve Resk playing as Terror Skull. Terror Skull is a nasty matchup for the Phoenix EV Fresh. Terror Skull's gimmick is when the opponent rolls Technique for their turn roll. Terror Skull's player can make the opponent re-roll. Technique is the Phoenix's 10. So effectively, the Phoenix could not roll 10 the entire night. The only way it could happen is if you rolled it back-to-back, which I believe happened one time, and I think it ended up being either a bump, I don't recall if any entrance or something else was used for someone to take the win, but from what I remember, it only happened once, and it was inconsequential. It didn't affect the match at all. That competitor, coupled with the membership ring, increasing Steve's printed five skill to an eight, was just devastating. A huge hurdle for Zach actually to overcome, meaning that this was going to be an uphill battle for Zach all night long. The hurdle Zach had to overcome is, in a two-out-of-three-fall ladder match, he had to win two of the falls. If he did, he would receive a membership ring card. This ended up being a relatively short match, and I can tell you it went the distance. It went all three falls. The first fall went to crowd meter one. The winner of that fall was Zach actually So Zach actually comes out of the gate with a win. Only needs one more win to obtain the membership rank. The second fall ends up going to the SRG BOWS at Crown Meter one. So one apiece, both scoring the fall at Crowd meter one. It goes one more fall, one more ladder match, and in the third match at Crown Meter Zero, the winner is the SRG B-O-S-S. The hurdle just too big to overcome. Zach actually did not get the membership ring. I hate reporting when people don't make that challenge, aren't successful in that challenge. But I have to here because it is the main event of Sunday Night Fights. While Sunday Night Fights was going on, two things were announced. First, the Mad Custodian after the sketchy backyard ring match announces he will be doing a future free event details to follow i'll give you those details when i have them after sunday night fights brian Wakeford schmidt announced that on monday night consigliere fights the theme of the night will be six stop all of the competitors will be playing in six stop matches meaning that their decks Cannot contain more than six stop cards. That's the maximum. In addition, in this event, all of the matches in the top cut will be using the main event crowd meet. Those are the details for Monday night's event. Speaking of future events, the next major in-person play event is going to be Rumble at the Rumble 5. At Highlander Games in Boonton, New Jersey. This will be taking place January 28th, that is two Saturdays from now as I am recording this. The entry fee for the event is $30. It is scheduled to start at 11 a.m. That's Eastern time because it is taking place again in Boonton, New Jersey. Swiss rounds into a top cut. Number of rounds based on attendance. There are the following stipulations possible in the top cut Steel Cage, Liger's Den, Ring of Fire, Lumberjack, Steel Chain, Psycho Circus, Tables, and Beast Unchained. Booked competitors are Original Snake Pits, Funtime Bob, The Devil's Advocate Dan Williams, X-Royce, Scarlet Graves, Flyboy, The New Version of Alien Invader, press 1p anything eliminated by 2020 vision past and the current year the original general manager john clace and grim now this may be subject to change with the newest 2020 vision announcements we will have to wait and see but as it stands that is the booked list as of right now you cannot play any of those competitors in the main Create a Competitor tournament. That's what the Rumble at the Rumble event is. There may be other events that day. They may be watching the Royal Rumble later that day. That's the next live event. After that, Captain Con, February 3rd through 5th in Warwick, Rhode Island. That is all of the information I have for you about future events, and that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I would like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.